0: Fifty and Hart on a beautiful late summer Sunday here in New England. We are Boston and New England Sports Original, 93.7 FM, WEEI, all across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. You can listen live at WEEI.com or the Odyssey app. Download it today wherever you happen to get awesome, awesome applications that play tremendous sports radio and podcasts and more. AUD. A C Y. The text line is open 37937 and of course the socials at WEEI, at Jumbo Heart, and at G F Y Andy, before we get into our reactions to last night's game, now that we had a chance to address the Isaiah Bolden situation, his health, the immediate ramifications for the team, the uh, near-term ramifications with the Patriots canceling joint practices this coming week with Tennessee, and of course what this will mean for joint practices and the NFL. At large, this coming season. I don't know if you happen to see this just a few minutes ago. A player I think you and I both uh, respected and enjoyed and would have minded seeing the Patriots maybe uh, take a flyer on this or another offseason, uh, according to your old pal rap sheet just 20 minutes ago. Sources veteran linebacker Miles Jack has informed the Eagles he plans to retire after seven NFL seasons and 617 tackles. Jack signed with Philly during camp. Now he hangs him up. Uh, it's it's a quick shelf sometimes, even for guys like this who play at a Pro Bowl level, flash early. I think we're seeing more guys, especially like linebackers and people that are really in the mix, in the fray, and on the front line, calling it a career sooner than later. And, you know, there goes another one who a lot of people probably would have loved to have had the career of or have on their team. I don't think that's a depth on the Eagles issue. I think that's a Miles Jack realizing, you know what?
1: I can think straight and walk straight. I'm going to call it. Well, he's a different beast, and it is the the Eagles are having some depth issues at linebacker. They've had some uh, injuries. I know when he signed with them earlier this summer, he was like immediately getting reps with the first team, Um, but he's also a guy that I I read up on a little bit. He was considering which trade he was going to enter post-playing career when the Eagles called, and uh, I believe he narrowed it down to he's either going to become an electrician or a plumber. Um, so oh, my he's a, God. A real American. God yes, bless him. A different beast. And some of it is, like he admitted, I have a lot of money in the bank. I could sit back and really not do a whole hell of a lot the rest of my life, but I want to go into a trade and be a real dude and all that. Um. Oh but God, the I fact that. that these guys make more money now does allow these decisions. You don't have to hang on for one more year to try to make money, some of these guys, because they do. Have the benefit of of falling back on if they're smart with their money, what's in the bank. And we've seen that for years now. And especially as you said, running back, linebacker, like some of these positions where you know you're going to get beat up. And if you're not all in, bumper car after bumper car, yeah. And if you're not all in, you're out, right? Like the Parcells thing. Once you're thinking about retirement at some of those positions, I think you're already retired.
0: Like Chris, remember Chris Borland a decade ago, San Francisco linebacker, very promising NFL prospect calls it he's like yeah no I just I can't do this because it's going to hurt me long term and I really want to you know live a full fruitful and fulfilling life Luke Keekley, who you know we all saw have issues on field and uh, after he endured like second or third on field how about concussion? Andrew Luck Andrew yeah Andrew Luck and yep. he didn't even have concussion issues the way that Luke Keekley did Andrew Luck was having issues with his knees and his calves and he just like he's in the middle of what could be a hall of fame career the guy was a perpetual playoff participant it's a, it's a very alliterative
1: piece right there. Uh, you have to be though, fully invested in football. Yes. like, you And I to. don't care what level, high school, like Pop Warner, you see it with kids. like, yep. if, you, if you don't really want to do it, you can't half-ass your way through football. You can half-ass nope. in soccer and baseball and play right field and whatever. Football, you either want to do it or you don't, and it's very black and white. Exactly.
0: <clears throat> now, as far as last night goes, Andy... Just a couple of minutes before we have to flip the script to the top of the 11 o'clock hour. But just give me, uh, let's let's just do what we probably would have done at the top of today's show. Uh, since we are talking mostly Patriots, we eschewed our usual start of the Fitzy and Hart weekend program segment. One of my favorites, who won the week. I don't think we're really concerned about who won the week now. It's more about how do the Patriots look, how's Isaiah Bolden doing, and what does the future in Foxborough look like football-wise. Just give me uh, over the next minute your general takeaway from what you saw the Patriots put forth last night from starters all the way to the third and fourth stringers competing for jobs right up until Isaiah Bolden's hit? I thought I saw good competitive
1: action. Obviously, we got our first taste of a lot of the starters, the Mac Joneses, the Trent Browns, the Bournes. There were things to pull from those guys being on the field. There were pros and cons, and we will dive into the details of the ups and the downs uh, as we move forward here, but I think my biggest takeaway would mm-hmm. be Billy O'Brien. He was number one on my thumbs-up list on uh, com. I thought you saw a preseason week two sampling of what the Patriots offense might be, could be, can be with RPOs and screens and motions and the different things that he brings to the table as a veteran coordinator. What we've talked about, right? Competency and experience that you just can't match and – that isn't just in comparison to Matt Patricia. I know that's the immediate direct comparison to what it was a year ago. But I just think in general you brought back confidence in your scheme, confidence in your coordinator. Well, now we need to get to can you play, do you have enough talent, can the execution be there, is Matt good enough. But I thought you saw a good sampling of what uh, Billy O'Brien brings to this offense. Uh, the same thing
0: that I said the other day when asked – on our airwaves, and I said it again when I popped by the uh, Laird and Bradfoe show yesterday morning. What was the big difference between Wednesday, with the Patriots starting out day one of joint practices hot and then faltering late, making the day at large mostly a negative for them, versus Thursday, when they came out on an absolute heater, were hitting their assignments, opening lanes, protecting Mac, or at least a little bit better than they had the day before? Mac looked sharp, long passes over the middle, big catches. The difference is you now have like you said a competent and confident offensive coordinator who has done this at a high level in multiple venues in multiple leagues in college football and on, on several NFL teams who will be holding his team accountable who knows how to who knows how to counteract defensive schemes and adjustments made by the other team as opposed to someone who's trying to learn the job on the fly in the middle of rebuilding a team following going all in for two decades with the greatest quarterback of all time you couldn't be more right I couldn't buy in more on this idea you finally get to see just a taste of what it's like to actually have someone who knows what they're doing no shots at Matt Patricia but at the same time he didn't know what he was doing now Bill O'Brien does and I think you saw Mac Jones respond to it you saw Kendrick Bourne come back to life remember him Remember, we didn't have to put him on the shelf or nail him down to a board like he was last year, like, sorry, you don't get to play this year because you've got an attitude. Now he comes out, he looks like an NFL receiver all over again last. So many different positive takeaways. And, yes, there are some negatives as well, and oh, yeah. we'll get into that. But, man, was I thrilled to see all of those things. And the three letters we have tossed around all day, it's E-E-I, G-F-Y, E-E-A, et cetera. No, RPO last night, Andy. When you saw Mac Jones run an RPO over the middle and hit, uh, I think it was second and 11, he hits one right over the middle to Kendrick Bourne for a first down. I know the collective blank yeah or sigh of relief or crack of beers across Pat's nation was palpable. Wasn't that a nice thing? Wasn't that nice to see? Like, oh, look at that. They're actually doing what Mac is good at. How about that?
1: Yeah, now, it may become overrated, and I think it's a little bit of a uh, um, low-hanging fruit for a lot of you and your people and all that. But You think it's a false flag of things to come? No, I just think it. Too much stock can be put into it. Like there's people that sure. believe that the Chiefs fell in love with RPOs and it ruined their offense for a while, and then they had to get away with it. Like I think it's a tool in your toolbox. If it becomes too mu- too much of a key part, I think it can be an issue. My thing is that I believe Bill O'Brien's toolbox is massive is deep it's like Santa Claus's sack you reach in there and you're like there's no bottom to this thing there's so many tools in here that's what I think is the beauty of Bill O'Brien exactly we have gone
0: from like we have gone from like shopping at a the really sad local grocery store to going to like a superstore that has everything in in ample supply. And also they have just like last night, remember when you used to be able to go to like the big box stores, like your uh costless, if you will, and your uh, B j Costco, whatever, BJ's, et cetera, Sam's Club, and there'd be people out giving you like yes. samples. Yeah. Remember that? Oh Saturday, the golden the golden days day. of big
1: box yeah. shopping pre COVID. Yeah. Oh, so. You could eat a full meal. <laughs> I did. Take sometimes the sometimes I wouldn't even go Hey you shopping. want dessert, it's down in aisle eighteen.
0: I a, by the time I got to the batteries that I went there to buy in bulk, I had already had like a sausage
1: roll, yep. a small quiche. Then you're like, excuse me, is there a restroom I could use somewhere in here?
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But that's what it feels like. It's so nice. Yes, I know. It's not going to be all RPO. No, we didn't see everything last night. We have no idea how they plan to deploy Malik Cunningham. Uh, also, maybe did we not get enough of guys like Demario Douglas and others who shown last night? And hey. There was a booty call last night. Andy Excuse was very me? excited about it. Excuse Everybody me. tweeted all over it. Yep, that's what we're, that. I mean, print the T-shirts. I'll give I'll give part of the proceeds away to your charity of choice, Andy. But we saw a lot of good things last night.
2: Jones, Stevenson, bulldozing touchdown. Looked like a good block in there by
1: the tight end, Sokol, who leads the way. And New England cashes in on that Green Bay fumble on a one-yard touchdown run by Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma.
0: Good morning and a happy Sunday to one and all. This is hour number two of the 50 and Heart radio program, doing business as the Six Rings post-post game show. A day later, but hardly a dollar short, as we review the happenings, the action, and the cessation of game last night. Suspended with 10:29 left in the fourth quarter following Isaiah Bolden's injury on field. Good news, in case you hadn't heard, he did, after going to an area hospital in Green Bay, fly home with the team this morning. The team eschewing, staying out in the Nashville area, rather coming home for the week, canceling the joint practices with the Titans, though, next Friday night's game is still on as planned. You can join the two-way sports talk party at any point between now and 1230 before the Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show hosted by the great Joe Weil by calling 617-779-7937. Socials at weei at JumboHeart, at FitzyGFY. The calls are coming in right now, Andy. We, sh- we rejoin with Kevin Harlan's radio call last night. And boy, I gotta tell you, With the summer weather like still in bloom and us getting some nice sunshine and some beachable, boatable weather this weekend, being able to like – I know you uh, dipped out for a nice little bite beforehand. uh, I was able to jump in the ocean real quick before last night. Just being able to enjoy some summertime pleasures like that, just even the littlest things with your friends and family, and then come home. And just have your television, whatever your service provider or platform is. I opened YouTube TV last night, and just every box on the top of my screen was like, preseason football. And I was like, I love this. Oh, what a sweet spot this is to still have football drifting into your life, but also be able to enjoy the fruits and all the joys of summertime in New England. It's tough to beat, guy. Tough to beat. Tis the season, indeed. Tis the season. Kids are about to go back to school. Everything's falling into place quite nicely. Yes, indeed it is. And, of course, we will be with you all season long, not just on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, but, of course, returning for our second season as the best postgame show in town. We re the Six Rings postgame show approximately 7.30 p.m. Sunday, September 10th, following Tom Brady's return, and, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Foxesboro to take on the New England Patriots. We rejoined Andy with the audio of Ramondre Stevenson's touchdown last night to open the Mm. scoring, putting the Patriots up 7-0 in the first quarter. Why something as simple as a couple-yard touchdown scamper from the Ramonster? Here's why. The Patriots took advantage of an early miscue by the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love blindsided by a horrendous high early snap that sails right to the side of his chops. He's unable to recover the ball. I think it was Uche or Judon... Uh, Uche. Who, it was Uche next to Matthew Judon, yes, who uh, fell on the ball wise. They didn't try to pick it up for a scoop six rather smartly laid down on the ball, gave possession back to the good guys. And the reason why I wanted to share the Ramondre Stevenson touchdown was I wanted us to sort of open a quick discussion on what was so positive about that. Here it is last year. What would often happen is the Patriots would, when another team has miscues, they were very opportunistic as they've often been in the bill Belichick era last year that would have turned into, uh-oh, here come the red zone woes, another case of the red area troubles for the Patriots. Whereas last night, they found a way to put it into the six-point house. They scored a touchdown last night. I know it's preseason. I know it doesn't quite matter yet. None of these stats count for whatever in Bubkiss. But last night, they found a way to score a touchdown as opposed to last year when they'd be lucky if they got three points out of it as well. No, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, they probably should have even scored it sooner, but they did, and that's what matters to me. That's the start of
1: something tangible and real that this team needs progress. And they didn't even need Zeke to do it. Mr. 12 touchdowns a year ago for the Cowboys was just standing on the sideline watching. And Ramondre, I, I was, I know Ramondre, I believe, had four touches. Like he had limited duty, like he should, because he's all, the all he needed. Like, all he needed. Um, between that touchdown, okay, goal line score, punch it in, do your duty. Thank you. That's how you're supposed to look. And then his run off left tackle. To me, might have been the most exciting play of the game. I think he got 23 yards. He gets a big block from Trent Brown, who looked like flexing over the pile Trent Brown and Although Trent Brown,
0: don't forget, I apologize for jumping in, but lest we forget, uh, 2022 Trent Brown needed to make a quick appearance when he had an offsides.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we can get into the bad offensive line later. I was trying to be positive. I know you struggle when I try to do that. You're always trying to bring me down. I'm trying to be positive about the line and the blocking and Kendrick Bourne with a Uh, crackback block. You you know me too well, bro. Also, by the way, um, Trent Brown (laughs) went back to the no-socks thing that actually got him in trouble last year. Remember when they threatened to kick him out of a game if he didn't put socks on and he put, like, these half-hearted sleeves on his calves? Well, he had... Fully exposed calves again last night. And uh, I don't know why he's so fixated on doing that. But anyway. that's
0: his whole thing? As somebody who has to wear compression socks for a living because I have such horrendous circulation, uh, like, why... Trent Brown, he's got these... His calves are like toothpicks. He's like, for a guy with the massive mountain frame that he has, every last little advantage he could possibly give to improving circulation and preventing injury, like, whatever happened to prehab? Has anyone not been able to get through to him? Like, guy, just put him on. Like, they'll... It'll actually be better for you in the long run, trust me.
1: Well, I, I feel like he's the type of guy that somebody goes, you have to wear socks, you know, and he goes, let's, let's see them make me. <laughs> like he, When you tell him he has to, it, it makes him. I remember um, there was another guy like this, uh, Beth L. Johnson, once said, the more people tell me to do something, the less I want to do it. He actually Beth, voiced is that. Is Beth L. Johnson NFL. my wife? Right. You know, he's a player that works for Bill Belichick longer than you'd expect with that mentality. But I wonder if Trent Brown has a little bit of that. The more people tell me to do something, the less I want to do it.
0: Yeah, I wonder something. Don't you also wonder and back on track in a second. But like, you know, there's a certain level of opulence and wealth. You can reach affluence where. You you probably almost think like, you know what? You know one thing I'm going to do the rest of my life? Not listen to anyone else. It's called F.U. money. It is. what they, James they, Harden they, has right now. It, yeah. it, it's, that's, it is. It's like it. that's that's what is the legitimate definition of F.U. money. I wonder if Trent Brown has F.U. size. Like no one's going to tell me what to do because I'm just literally and he's bigger right. than
1: everyone. <laughs> and he's right. I will eat you. I will finish him. And he just yeah. squashes you on top of the head and you're done. Um
0: yeah, so, so were you not heartened by not only the, the brief performance by Ramondre, but also the fact that they were able to finish him, if you will, finish the job by taking advantage of Green Bay's early miscue yep. and punching it in for seven?
1: And they sure as poo better do that all year long because they're going to walk a fine line of competitiveness, win and loss, and they're not going to be good enough to miss opportunities, to give away opportunities. And, yeah, I mean, it's the first quarter of a preseason game. Who knows whether they do the same thing in the regular season, but... You know, you got to crawl before you can walk. Do it in the preseason before you do it in the regular season. So I do think that was something that they could uh, build up upon or feel good about.
0: Okay, let's continue with the positives as well on the offensive side of the football. Uh, I think we saw Mac Jones last night that reminded me of Mac Jones uh, at Alabama. Now, no, he was not throwing downfield to Jalen Waddle. He was not throwing downfield to Devonta Smith. He didn't have Jerry Judy like he did in his uh so his junior season. No, he obviously didn't have uh, an absolute track team, a, a fantasy team out there with him. but they're they're just I don't know. like am I reading too much into it when I, I sort of like felt like I could feel a little bit more confidence coming out of Mac like he wasn't hesitating. Billy O is sending him with a couple of plays at the line so they can do some look at me's and checks if they want. If they see a run, he can get into a pass. If they don't like this look, they can get into something else. I know, like you said, they're not even coming close to unveiling the full assortment, the grab bag of uh, of Billy O'Brien's playbook. But I, f- I could just feel a different sort of energy, or at least I visualized a different energy coming off of Mac last night. That also was a good sign of things to come.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that. I think he has full trust in Bill O'Brien, and that's where I think it starts. He used that trust word early in one of his uh, meetings with the press. Um, I thought Mac on the field had a little bit of an up-and-down night. Six of nine, I think, 52 yards. I thought he missed a couple throws. Now, one, I think Parker could have given a little more effort, and maybe that effort would have come in the regular season. So maybe he's, you know, a veteran goes, yeah, in the regular season I would lay out for that. But this is a preseason, so I'm not going to. Now, there was the throw down the right side where it was kind of halfway in between Hunter Henry and Ramondre Stevenson, and I was like, huh, I'm not even really sure who he was throwing to there, but not a great throw. Um, But no, I I think a step in the process. Now, the next step in the process is allowing him to do his job with some faith in his offensive line, and that will uh, be an issue that I think he's going to have to deal with as we move forward. Your guy, Stuber, um, didn't exactly oh. light it up at left tackle when he came in for Brown. Uh, City, I sewed. tweeted that at you last night to let you and everyone else know, like, okay,
0: for now, I'm good with the Stuber experiment. That's yeah,
1: fine. I think his name was like, you know how people said Zappy Fever was in part due to being able to say Zappy, Zappy. If his name was Smith, he wouldn't have been as popular. I think Stuber <laughs> was a name that attracted people, and then they're like, oh, oh, he was good at Michigan. He was like an All-American. Oh, Stuber's the tackle of the future. And then they watch him play, and they're like, yeah. Stuber, well, not so good.
0: <laughs> but how, how the hell was this guy, like, first team Big Ten, second team All-American, left tackle, and he comes into his first preseason game, doesn't just get beat, but as the, guy, as the defender for Green Bay races by him, he grabbed Stuber's jersey and whipped him to the ground as if Stuber doesn't weigh 320 pounds. Like, it was as bad a piece of tape as you can possibly put on film in the preseason as I think I've ever seen from somebody trying to win a backup job on an NFL offensive line.
1: Yeah, I um and and city so on the right side got manhandled uh, at one point as well. So um, for all the good things we can talk about with Mac trusting Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien having wrinkles and Kendrick Bourne and Trent Brown being engaged, the downside is the offensive line is still the biggest question mark for the team. And it's I keep saying it's a work in progress that needs more oh. work, more progress, and is running out of time. When are we going to see people? When are we going to get back out there? Uh, is a concern for them.
0: The Six Rings and Football Things podcast, dare I say, was the first to ring the alarm bell to take it down from DEFCON 5, Mr. McKittrick, to 4 or 3 about the Patriots' offensive line. Curious, full well knowing that DEFCON 1 means dire global straits. Exactly how people feel about the state of the Patriots' offensive line. Plus, did you enjoy what you saw out of Mack and the first-teamers last night as well? I see your calls lined up about the Patriots' offense, Mac Jones and some familiar voices here on WEI who would like to talk about the Patriots' defense as well. They had some run issues out there last night, first team-wise, and I was none too pleased to see that. Good
2: throw. Wow, what a catch. Look at him. Five for six. Boutte!
0: call last night of the Patriots being up 21-17 when the game was called in the fourth quarter. That right there, perhaps the most exciting moment of the game. A nice little dart on a slant route from backup quarterback Bailey Zappi to Kayshawn Butte, who came in hyped and heralded as potentially the steal of the draft in the sixth round out of LSU, where his early numbers were absolutely insane and then injuries and other off-field issues derailed his promising collegiate career. Now he hooks up with the Patriots as a value add in the sixth round, along with Liberty University's DeMario Pop Douglas. We saw some pop last night, but the real pop came when Booty snagged that ball. Bad read by the safety, but you know what? Again, not his fault. His job was to make the catch and do what he could with it, and he was great at that particular route in college, and he showcased it last night, Andy, grabbing the ball and then racing 40 yards for the touchdown. You could feel the din and the excitement of Pats Nation on the socials, on the broadcast, and beyond. I thought that was a really fun moment. And dare I say, I think we may now need to enter the discussion. Are they going to keep six receivers, or do Douglas and Booty make the team, and someone like Tyquan Thornton maybe gets a little
1: Foxborough flu? I'm sure he'll be hurt, because that seems to be the uh, nature of his status more often than not. And... That's no really kidding. disappointing. Um I mean it's great that you get this excitement around a couple late round rookies, but it's disappointing that it comes in some ways at a cost of the second round speedster who should be developing into something right now and was inactive and had the diving catch and joint practices and then has to be dealt with by trainers and it's just He's always getting hurt. Yeah, it's it's frustrating and and not even just the always getting hurt, that's an issue being healthy, right. being out there availability. But any form of consistency where you say, oh, like, oh, he can do that consistently. He can get open on this route. He can bring this to the field. There's nothing like that. And I'll give Demario Douglas credit. He does do that. Like, he has shown consistent skills. Okay, you know he has the quickness at the line of scrimmage to run some of those traditional slot routes. He's had pretty much consistent practices from day one straight through the joint practices in Green Bay. Like, consistency and reliability... Um, is key in, in sort of developing and carving out a role for yourself, and it's something Thornton has none of over the last year, really, and Douglas has a lot of. Now, booty, I think, is different, and it's booty, not bootay, yeah, As uh, I know, we all Jesus. had some issues on
0: that for a while. It's a booty well. call.
1: Just say booty. booty. I love booty. 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 booty,
0: booty, booty. Exactly. Uh, he's, it, you know, it's, it's bootylicious. Uh, yeah. however, you, however you want to go about describing it, uh, there were a lot of people all... Like, see, the everyone saying booty call or coming up with their own booty term du jour or whatever to celebrate. That's fine. However, I think everyone, again, can we just pump the brakes? Everyone racing to say, steal of the draft. Patriots, I can't believe Belich- Belichick found him. Whatever. Come on now. Booty! Booty. booty. Yeah, booty. no. The, everyone, everyone that says, booty. this kid has already made the team. He's a star in Blossom. Steal of the draft. Those people can kiss my bootay. Because well, see, it's,
1: they it's should enough. say that. Because like, no, no, like, they no. were saying that on draft night with no reason. No reasoning at all. Now at least still they have too reason. Early. It's still too early, but at least there's reason. People were saying that the first week of practice when he sucked. Because everyone more. is
0: desperate to latch on to something because, we're, because Belichick has a bad record of drafting receivers. The offense struggled still last does. year. <laughs> and then 2019... Everyone is still pissed about not taking McLaurin in the third or uh, D.K. Metcalf or A.J. Brown in the second Evo. and taking Nikhil Harry at the end of the first round. And then now people are even angrier uh, or almost just as angry. And the new the new receiver anger storm brewing is watching George Pickens turn into Justin Jefferson 2.0, while Taekwon Thornton can't even lay out for a ball without injuring his, his clavicle or a, a number of soft tissues.
1: So there... I, I, the, I want to talk about the receiver position. Let's let's do this now, then.
0: All right. No, so, like, hold on. Let's take a call first. We want to welcome okay, in five, the six, audience as well, I because you go. and
1: I could do this all day long,
0: and we will, or at least until 1230 when Joe White... <laughs> I'm out at 1230. Y'all I'm can done. do what you want at 1230, but I'm 1237, out. 1237, I am feet in the water, grab the beverage in hand. What time yep. is the boat going out today?
1: Uh, as soon as I can get to it. We're shooting for about a 1255 departure from the dock if we can get everything loaded and ready to go.
0: And see the see right now see I, the the family is taking care of everything while dad pays the bills uh, on this side as well and then I sort of take over on the parenting duties until I fall asleep uh, with my feet in the same. It's called passing out. Tell. It's not yeah, falling it's, asleep. It's called passing it, out. I, I, wait, listen, I have a six-year-old, and he continues to, for some reason not to listen to us and gets in our bed every night. So I I don't have a full night of sleep. I take three micro naps over the course of the night. So by the time I get to four o'clock. I'm exhausted, and my body's like, "Hi, uh, REM. Is there anyone around? Can I can I get 45 minutes, please?"
1: You remember those days. I do remember those days, but I also yeah. think that the beer will contribute to you falling asleep. Oh, I'm not going to have one until
0: at least 12:45. What are you talking about, Andy? Uh, let's welcome in our fair listenership as well to the program because it is two-way sports talk radio. Let's go first, uh, ah, to the fabulous township of Dedham. Our old pal Polly wants to talk New England Patriots and especially the defensive side of the ball. Come on, and Polly.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. Um, Fitzy, I loved it. You had to stop being in these tracks. <laughs> Dumbo will listen to himself talk all day long if you let him. He's Are got so much me? going on between the airs. Are I you kidding Andy. me? You know,
1: I'm on the air right stuff. now with two of the most overworded people on the planet, Paulie and Fitzy. I'm just trying to squeeze a word in somewhere. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, excuse me, excuse uh, me,
0: Andy, uh, the term uh, is either
1: careless uh, or loquacious. Thank you very Holy much.
2: Holy most Andy, you gotta you've got to chuck it when you get on. I only get a certain amount of time. I gotta chuck it. I can't let <laughs> anybody cut me up. I gotta just keep going and going and going. So you guys start me. Just like Fitzy did to you. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you to You might want to think of moving like uh, uh, Thornton, and maybe something else maybe be a draft pick or something. To get a linebacker in here, or uh, you know, a defensive down lineman. Um, but more, I think we more need linebackers. Um, if you if Judon and/or Bentley get hurt, we're going to be in big trouble against the run. They were getting gashed all night last night. It was sick, and they were getting pushed all around. Um, we got to do something about that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree. I Thank thought you. the Packers ran the ball when they wanted to. Um, I know yeah. Zoe Zoe was very critical of uh, Devon Godshaw getting pushed around in there. I agree, but he's that one of the best defensive tackles in football. I was. He told isn't. He. he is not. He is not. They just said that. It does not make it true. You can't just say something and turn it into a fact. So you are going to rely on Bentley. You are going to rely. We've talked a lot about this on those big safeties to play a role in the box at the line of scrimmage in the run game. It'll be interesting to see because we've all fixated on a lot of the young cornerbacks, right, Gonzo and Jones and the pass defense and all these quarterbacks you face. It'll be interesting to see how they are against the run because if teams can run, then they can throw whenever they want. Then you set up a play action pass and do the RPOs and all of that stuff. So um, we might be whistling past the run defense because I think it should be good. I think you have the bodies up front. Um, with Barmore, Godchild, like, those guys should be able to stop the run, but they need Back to prove Equality they can Backups, and
0: Davis. Yeah, Although, stop the run. I say it, uh, I do have a football guy question coming up in just a second, but um, Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end who I think both of us, and especially I, was high on heading into the draft, um, went to Green Bay. They took two rookie tight ends, Tyler Croft. Tyler Craft or Croft? I apologize.
1: Croft, I believe.
0: Tyler right? Croft and Luke Musgrave. He put Lawrence
1: Guy on skates on a run. That's play not awesome. good because he's not supposed not to be a blocker. At all. he's a runner. He's a he's an athlete. He's a he's a philosoph- philosophical player. If he's kicking people's ass on your defense, you might be in trouble. Yeah, that's that was that was definitely not a good look.
0: But just a general sort of football guy question I want to ask you. Okay, I'm you? a football guy. Go ahead. Right, it's a we wham- go, wham- luck, wham- Football wham- guy wham- question of the week brought to you by hopefully a sponsor yeah. that comes to comes to pass by the debut of the block. Six Rings Postgame Show. Here it is. Do you believe that a good run game sets up a pass game better, or does a good passing game set up the run better? Like which which facilitates the other more fluidly? A good run game set opening up things for the pass? Yeah, yeah. Or does a good? I'm pass I'm
1: sort of archaic in that way, old school. Because I think corners and safeties start to creep up and start to think about Jesus. My guys up front are getting killed. I gotta help them out, or we're gonna we're gonna just be pushed all around and then as soon as they start thinking that play action boom somebody runs by him so I think a good run game that is consistently moving the line of scrimmage through the line and the backs linebackers and and safeties and corners just get screwed into thinking that way and then it's over for them because it's hard enough to cover the pass in this league with all the rules and the limitations if you start trying to play the run I think offenses will take full advantage of you
0: yeah I tend to feel the same way as well though sometimes you have to wonder if uh, a passing game that is almost uh, diabolical in its presentation and impossible to defend, doesn't like se- Like it used to be the Patriots used to run to set up the pass, and then when they became a more pass-centric team, Brady opening things up with the dynamite receivers and finding people all over, picking defenses apart, would set up the run game, it seems, later on, to close things out. But I tend to agree with you as well. And if the Patriots have trouble up front, and again, it's only preseason game number two, that's a pretty good Packers de- offensive line. That's a couple of excellent running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as well. But I think the first run from scrimmage was like seven yards off tack- or seven yards off tackle or between the tackle and guard gap. And then they get a first down and there were other big runs like the Pats did not have a lot of compete there. Do you think that that is a defensive line issue or is the need for yet another linebacker as opposed to just having a bunch of, you know, a fleet of 225 pound safeties? Uh, is is this a call for more of a linebacker, or are we just going to see Phillips, Mapu, Duggar living in the box all season?
1: Yeah, if I think it's a line issue, I've said this. If they're going to be a good defense, I think the line has to be the foundation of that. Like they, that's a good front. There is money invested there. There's re signings. There's second round picks. There's, I mean, if you can't rely on that defensive front, then we're porked. Might as well be time to pack it in defensively
0: yeah uh that was that was a little disconcerting not gonna lie it was a little bit alarming to watch the patriots first team run defense get pushed all over the field and zo on the broadcast was critical of god show as well um this just in on opening day uh the patriots are going to face a much better offensive line (laughs) and one of the better running teams in football oh and by the way maybe the best running quarterback in the nfl so while we talk about You know, oh, quick, over here, we have trouble on the offensive line. We may need to also do some reworking on the defensive line. And by the way, this may be one of the things that uh, Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, Bill Belichick, et al., Demarcus Covington defensive line coach on the Patriots can get to work on this week. Instead of worrying about joint practices and accommodations offsite down in Nashville, just (laughs) go home and work on some of the fundamentals on both sides of the line.
1: Now that is classic Fitzy right there. We've talked for years that nothing is more valuable to Bill Belichick than joint practices. Yeah. He cancels them. Take care them. Of your own this week. He cancels them, and you spin it as a positive that they have now have more time to take care of their own business. In Fox, that is classic Fitzy, right there. I am well back played, in my, my lane,
0: baby, and I'm comfortably there. I don't think I've ever felt more comfortable, or at least not in
1: the last hour of this program. Uh, good job. I
0: got to try to divine the positives amidst. I would hardly say a sea of negatives because I think we both thought there were more positives. Then negatives last night, like, for example, back where we were before Paulie's call about the D-line, the wide receiver situation. You said let's have this conversation now. we got a few minutes before break. Let's do it. How okay. would you like to address the Patriots' wide receiver
1: room situation at the moment? So there's a lot of layers to it. We know they don't have a true number one, so we'll skip past that layer. doesn't exist. Okay. I think, I think layer Juju two, got
0: a play last night. It was like an end around that was immediately just eaten alive because the and line he just limped. Was- he kind of
1: slipped and limped, and, and he has been um, non, non-factor. Yeah, I don't know if non-factor. Like I just, there's not a lot to talk about with him this summer. Like the thing that sticks out to me is a couple ugly drops in practices, like really ugly wide open drops. Um, so whatever he's going to be, he isn't it yet. He's given us no reason for excitement. I think Bourne has given us some reason for excitement. Certainly last night was a step in that direction. Um, Parker, I would put sort of in the juju like, yeah, there's some practice catches, but didn't do, you know, last night made a business decision. Who knows? I want to talk about these two rookies because Thornton inactive, you know, he's got to prove himself back in the conversation at some point. Why does Demario Douglas not play? I have. Are they
0: just holding? Do they, did they decide that they stumbled upon an absolute gem with this guy? They're holding him. They're just making sure he gets a couple of first team reps so he knows what it's like before they throw him out there against the Eagles. Like, are they hiding him? Are they stashing him away? Like so, they don't want people to see what they have in mind for him because I think he would need to get steeled to the level of competition that you face
1: with Sunday talent in the NFL. Yeah. Um. Your take, which I'd love to mock as ridiculous and over the top positive to me is the only logical explanation that they are now expecting him to have about 10 targets in the opener against the Eagles. And they don't want to put any of that on tape. They don't want to give that indication um, because otherwise it makes no sense to me. Like we're treating this guy like he's Randy Moss 07. Like, oh yeah, he'll be, he's good. He's ready to go. He only needs yep. two reps they want out the there. Jets to see what we have in store. And then wham, right. Dominates. So that's all I can. Cause you don't, you know, if usually we case, say how
0: the F did he fall to the sixth round?
1: um that's another fair question I mean we can go down that road they continue to be bad at drafting receivers you should have taken him in the second round if he was this damn good (laughs) instead of waiting to the sixth but the usually the word stash or hide is regards to oh you want to cut the guy keep him on your practice squad because you think he'll be ready mid-season you've got high hopes for him down the road if he's on your roster as a sixth round pick I would think you'd want him to get reps so that he's ready and I would throw a name out there different situations but Zach Sudfeld, the tight end who made the roster and then quickly was off the roster because he John who Smith, the ball against the Bills, oh threw it up like wasn't ready. Oof. And his career ended very soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. Do we know that Demario Douglas is what we think he is? Like he's the next great Patriots slot receiver like
0: they found I don't know. Troy Brown all over again, bro. Get a Douglas jersey. I, I see if you can get a custom one that says pop on the back.
1: And remember, you bring up Troy Brown. He's actually been very Parcellian in his downplaying of Pop Douglas. A couple weeks ago, he was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, everybody, blah, blah, blah. This week, I told you, he literally said, I don't have a soft spot for anybody when asked if he had a soft spot for DeMario Douglas, the next slot receiver, blah, 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 similarities to him. It's it's very interesting the way they are not playing him, the way they are sort of squashing uh, the narrative. It makes me believe, and I jokingly said this on Twitter with Giardi today, how high you drafted him in fantasy because it feels like they may have him slotted, pun intended, for the slot position, which could be, you know, eight to ten targets a game. Otherwise, I don't know why you wouldn't be playing him and getting him experience in the preseason.
0: Yeah, no, I see. I honestly I can't help but feel the same way like they they must be thinking unless he as well is super fragile. And and that's all they have is just a
1: bunch of speedy. Oh wow, you really made that negative. That took a, a negative turn. I didn't see coming. There's
0: no, I suggested. Whoa. I didn't exactly turn it into the entire negative. That's what you want to do. Fragile seem like that to everybody, but you are not. Hold tight, please. Thank you, sir.
1: Pop uh, is not a nickname. It's what happens. What's going to his gonna happen bodies, when he gets out of the field. Wow. wow, negative. So fitzy.
0: so I, they must just they must just have decided that this kid is good enough to go, and they don't want to put him out there. There's nothing else they need to see. Maybe just get him, a, just get his toes wet, just get his hands wet, put him out there for a couple plays. Like, this is the speed, this is how it feels, it's very different. They must just feel like they have a lot in mind for him, and that's why they're not putting him out on tape. Now, if that's the case, then yeah, he should enter the actual legitimate fantasy draft discussion, but I think that's also a little too early. However, what about Malik Cunningham? See Malik Cunningham last night, you know, the game was called with 11 uh, just under 11 minutes remaining. So who knows, maybe they would have put him in a little bit later. Zappy did get a whole lot of run and thank God we didn't have to deal with any Trace McSorley last night. But what do you make of their usage of Malik Cunningham? Last night, he's in at receiver, he's in on special teams. I think he even did he field a punt or a kickoff, I want to say. Like I think they he had are a doing kickoff, every, yeah. yeah. They are doing everything under the sun to give this guy as much run at every position possible what we didn't get to see and i still do think he makes the 53 but what we didn't see last night was something i think you and i were hopeful for and had mentioned on both the podcast and friday's afternoon show on ei the patriots being on a first team or a quality second team drive and pulling the quarterback be it mac or zappy out and then giving malik a chance to run an rpo or a zone read or maybe uh, have him actually step back and have the defense be ready for a run, and have him throw the ball, or have the uh, vice vice versa. We didn't get to see that. Do you think that that is actually is that possibly in Billy O'Brien's bag of tricks, or are they still doing everything they can to see if this kid has value
1: on the 53? Yeah, I still think they're trying to uh, formulate a value on him and whether he's worth a 53 what he's what he can bring to a team roster practice squad waivers the whole thing I actually wondered was it the end of the third quarter where they were going to attempt a field goal then they called timeout and the quarter ended but then it didn't end they put three seconds back on the whole the scoring drive that whole thing I wondered if Malik Cunningham was a thought there and it didn't end up being that he was Um, I think that was the zappy touchdown run uh, Mm -hmm. to the right side but yes I I am, he's really interesting in in what, I still think he's not a roster player, um, personally, but the way they're handling him, and again, with 10 minutes removed, who knows what they would have done, if you were a conspiracy theorist, maybe Bill was like, oh, nice, so I don't have to play Cunningham, so no one will see him walk in the game early, I'm just saying. How underhanded, nefarious, (laughs) and Belichickian. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I... I can't, but I can't imagine them doing what they're doing with Douglas. And then I think it's even more so if they've decided that Malik Cunningham is one of their best fifty-three. It's it's a pretty significant projection uh, on their part. But he was blocking, he was being thrown to, returning kick, like the whole thing um, at the receiver position anyway. So yeah, he's one of those interesting guys that Paul Perillo and company will be talking about on the broadcast, I'm sure, in the third preseason game quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And I got to say, as we head to break, if the Patriots are banking on not revealing too much of Pop Douglas and not putting Malik Cunningham back under center because they have a uh, a number or like a, a special sheet of trick plays or routes and outs that they think will be positive for both of them. And that's what they're going to try to, quote, spring on the NFL early on. Oh, boy. That's, what gonna, <laughs> that's all. That's, what that's we're all. all on. I'm going to say, oh, boy. 617 779 is your telephone number. We will get all of Andy Hart's three up, three down. As well as analyze what we believe to be the strongest suit of the Patriots team and the position that needs the most work as they head back into a private week of team practice in Foxborough. No joint practices with the Titans following the unfortunate injury to Isaiah Bolden last night. We're with you till 12:30 on a beautiful summer Sunday here in New England on Boston Sports Original 93.7 FM WEEI.
1: Out of Kansas State,
0: first and ten. Look out from behind! Fumble on the play. Edan
1: Bernie. What on the field. For the defensive play. By the fumble stands. by New England. This to the 40 again. Time And the Packers will take over his second big defensive play tonight.
0: As far as plays in last night's preseason game between the Patriots and Packers go where nobody was injured, necessitating the cessation of the game, that was probably the low light for your New England Patriots on Mac Jones' final drive. Second year, if you will, redshirt rookie, uh, but second year left tackle Andrew Stuber. Stuber out of Michigan, substituted in at left tackle to see if perhaps he could get a look on the offensive line or could be a worthy backup. Getting absolutely smoked by a Green Bay pass rusher, thrown to the ground. Mac Jones blindsided. Good thing he didn't even get hurt on that one, Andy. A fumble, and yeah, the cries probably from the sideline were as loud as they were from the fan caves, breweries, and wherever everyone else was taking in the game last night. Get Mac Jones out of there. You're going to get him killed with that line. The offensive line continues to be the number one issue for this team, has been for a while. Hopefully the team will actually catch up to the rest of our concerns. I don't think you should necessarily lean on the armchair GMs for what ails the Foxborough football team right now, Andy, but they got to do something about this team. And to everyone who replied to me and others last night with, they weren't playing a full healthy line last night, bro, calm down. Okay, you must be watching a totally different game. Andy, we will get to your three up and three down in just a second. But first, back to the phones. Another Sunday favorite here on the program who'd like to have a word with you. Steve is in Fall River, or maybe at least that's what the call line says. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Excuse me, guys. One second. What's happening out there? Can you hear me, gentlemen? Hello? Yes, yes. What's happening out there?
1: What do you mean, what's happening speaking? out there?
2: I don't know. I'm I'm interested in... Uh... You guys wanted to see this Malik Cunningham in it. What right? you want to see? Uh, I don't want to put words in my. What you want to see under center? What you want to see him do?
1: I wanted to see him run on the field in, you know, come in for Zappy in the middle of a drive and just see what happens. Just throw a wrinkle at him. Throw a wrinkle. That's at not
2: defense. an NFL. Fo- that's not an NFL football game. That's a circus. You're in the wrong. You're in the wrong.
1: Well, Bill Belichick has done it over that's the, the years, so I guess you think he's a uh, circus ringleader.
2: Uh, without Tom Brady, I don't know what the hell he is. I don't know how he's got a job. To be honest with you, I have Jesus. one question. I'm going to leave it at that. I want to have a, a very concise call. When they're three yeah, and ten, right. Andy, let's assume yeah. they're three and ten. Humor me. They're three
1: and ten, which is sure. a, a big stretch of the imagination. Is Bill Belichick week to week at three and ten? No, he will not be fired midseason. I think there is no chance of that happening, barring a scandal. As- at three at three and ten, he's not week to week Owen oh, thirteen Owen oh, thirteen, I don't think he gets fired midseason. I don't think Bill Belichick is okay. being sent packing from July so so and they're
2: thirty and they're thirty first in the league, and the Patriots and the Red Sox are in the top ten this year, and everybody's belaboring that but but the Patriots are thirty one in absolute spending, and you wonder why they're going down the drain. Are they gonna, or they could even be, according to ESPN, five, at the low end, five wins. Oh. They got ESPN's rankings had them five wins to ten wins. There's no shot at ten wins. Five to seven. I don't know. Maybe don't eight. Know. That's where they're at. Five to eight. And okay. if you guys are all right with it, God bless you all, and I feel so bad for the season ticket holders and worse for the people contracted okay. with these people with the club seats. If I was still a club seat holder. I'd start a damn lawsuit. Why? That's I what I would I, do if I was a, cl- a club seat holder or a, seat, or, a, or a, uh, uh, the boxes where we have a contract and they're spending thirty one in the league and zapping everybody at the top of the scale. I'd start a lawsuit, even if it was frivolous. I'd
1: start it anyway. I'd it find would, a lawyer. It would be start. frivolous. It'd it be would absolutely be, frivolous. I still, I still find it. I'm sure you would, and you'd waste your own money more. And we by, thank you for the call Steve sauce. you said
0: you wanted to keep it concise so we'll end he right didn't. there with your the frivolous lawsuit would be just that uh but Steve obviously you've got a brand new lighthouse and a fabulous giant TV in the North End zone so why not enjoy that it'll be great to watch the Patriots down 23 to 7 at halftime against the Eagles we just I don't think that's going to be that bad let's everyone just relax if we can't have a little fun with it night now in the pretend season then what is the point of even footballing bro uh Andy before we get a, get up to a break Let's get to your three up and three down on the game last night. Uh, I started with the offensive line. I don't care. You know, Trent Brown looked okay, but, of course, he did have a penalty. That said, uh, there were definitely a couple players who acquitted themselves nicely last night, and there were a couple of players who better get to work because even if we thought they had a secure spot on this team, I wouldn't guarantee it. So thumbs
1: up. uh, It's a few more than three because I am generally positive this time of year. So uh, Mm -hmm. I don't stick to the three up, three down. That's a different website. I can give as many as I damn well. Please, Bill O'Brien, I talked about it earlier. I thought the offense gave you a sampling of what he brings to the table. You got your starters out there. And there were some flashes of Mack and Bourne and Stevenson and things that could be good, things that could be built on. Uh, RPOs and screens. We've talked about the short passing game. It will be the staple and the foundation of this offense. Ramondre Stevenson, four carries, yes. 27 yards, yes. Touchdown, yes. Um, Nice little burst play for 23 yards, yes. He is the best player on your offense. He will be the centerpiece of your offense. Some believe, maybe I am some, that he's the best player on the team. Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne post Matt Patricia with Bill O'Brien, is happy, is contributing, he's energetic. Uh, the the thing that goes um, maybe unnoticed a little bit, you had mm-hmm. the RPO, that was great, everybody mm-hmm. got excited. You had the block that sprung Ramondre, that was great, everybody excited. Mac Jones kind of threw a ball up for grabs in the second quarter that Kendrick Bourne came back for, high-pointed, went up and got. I thought it was a textbook trust your receiver and you have reason to trust your receiver kind of play, I really, really liked the catch when he came back and got that. So three catches, 34 yards. Again, just a little taste of what Kendrick Bourne, the good, can be. Very encouraging. Very. I
0: mean, Andy, if he averages four catches a game for, let's say, 55 yards and a touchdown every other or every third game, who among us wouldn't take 70 catches for 850 yards and six touchdowns on the season from Kendrick Bourne? That would be a massive success in a return and to
1: form from 2021. Right. That's where he was trending with him when he had all career highs in his first year here then, and the trend fell apart. We all know why. Blah, blah, blah. Bryce Baringer. a week after I thought inconsistency in his debut, a um, couple boomers. To start the game and I don't mean Boom. old people nope these are punts these are I thought uh, he brought some of the practice field success to game reality maybe it took him a little while to adjust to game setting and real live rush and all that um, I think you have a punter his name is Bryce Baringer, he is a rookie um, and then quick question is, by the way
0: uh, before yeah. you get into the other side this is a, a worthy question do you believe Bill Belichick likes Corliss Waitman and even though he's probably made up his mind that uh, boominger if you will, has won the job, the rookie out of Michigan State. Do you think he's giving Corliss Waitman an audition for other teams? Um, I think he may be. I think he may appreciate you know appreciate I the NFL veteran, think he's a yeah. good player, and giving him because he doesn't. He's not bad by any stretch. He's a massive improvement over the Pilardi party. It just happens that I think they got a real one with a cannon. Well, for yeah, a I mean Behringer.
1: Behringer, I think, is fine because of the season he put on tape a year ago. He led the NFL in punts. He was solid. He was good. Um, is he one of the top 32? Probably. Or maybe he's one of the top 35 and he's like one of those first calls when somebody struggles or gets hurt. Mm-hmm. I think you will see uh, Waitman probably in the league this year. J.J. Taylor I am putting on here. J.J. Taylor is just fun. He always, in the preseason, maximizes his opportunities and his touches. I think we've a learned a J-
0: hero, though.
1: Yeah, but he's a 4A player, and that's just the reality. Like, he's too good for the minor leagues. He's not good enough for the major leagues. I like J.J. Taylor. Um, Had a couple catches for some plays, a couple run plays. I think he totaled, like, almost 60 yards from scrimmage. He's a fun little player. I know we look at other places where Deuce Vaughn and guys are doing these things, and maybe he's not quite as good as those guys. But you have to respect that the guy has stuck around New England this long, and every time he gets the ball – He seems to move forward, and I can't even say that about guys like Kevin Harris or whatever. Some guys that I think are bigger, stronger, whatever. J.J. Taylor always finds a way to make some plays, so for that, I wanted to just acknowledge his existence.
0: I appreciate that, but uh, Darren Sproul's 2.0. For a yes, there is a no. For a black, there is a white. For a yin, there is a yang. For an up, there has to be... Uh, Down. That's right. We're doing the players that were up and the players who sadly saw their stock take a tumble here on the Fitzy and Hart. Six rings post -post postgame show, if you will, on a lovely Sunday morning here in New England. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts on Mac Jones, the O-line, the D-line, how the rookies fared, Malik Mania, and so much more. Andy, who didn't necessarily shine the right kind of light on themselves with their efforts
1: Saturday night in the truncated affair in Green Bay? So before we just jump, I just want to say, I thought this game as much as ever was a game about, and we talked about it with Mac, like there was some good things and some missed throws. Like yep. I thought there were a lot of players on the field that were up and down. Christian Gonzalez, you know, oh, maybe he's getting mm-hmm. beat a little bit, but then I saw a really physical Christian Gonzalez, a couple tackles, a couple hits where, Wait, I thought people said he didn't like contact. I thought it, people said he didn't like physicality. So I think there was this huge world of ups and downs. I'll even put Jalen Mills in there. I continue to think he plays well, but he plays with a lot of twos, so I'm not really sure what's going on with his what? playing time. And Wasn't rolling. he out there, though, with the ones to start the game? Late with the I don't think he was out there to start the game. He was out there sort of on the back end of the ones and then with the twos. So I'm really interested in seeing where his role goes. But now, let's get to the thumbs down. These are the people that more bad than good. Um, the offensive line continues to be on this list. It's on this list every day all summer if it's practice, game. Trent Brown, um, great to see you back out there. How about you know the snap count on the first play of the game? Um, and it was one of those that we see across the NFL where the tackles try to get a jump and they start early. Well, he started too early. He got called for it. City um, So got pushed back into Mac Jones. He got owned for a sack. Andrew Stuber, the offensive line correct me and you kind know, complain if you've heard this before it has not been good and some of your people as you acknowledged earlier Fitzy will say it's a preseason game the starters aren't out there well how long do we use that excuse before we say we need somebody out there getting reps like five guys need to be working together five not the burgers the players five guys yep. need to be listening to adrian and getting on the same page um this is going to be a concern for this team until you prove to me it isn't and that's going to be september maybe october like uh, this is a storyline that will be ongoing throughout the Six uh-huh. Rings podcasts during the week and the Six Rings post game shows all year long until they prove that they are worth their salt.
0: Hi, Nick Stevens, uh, first time long. Hey, Nick, time how guys. are you? Great, great program. People call me Fitzy, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, quick question Do you think, as far as uh, uh, repairs or fixes to the offensive line, uh does the call come from within the house uh or do we have to call in reinforcements from outside the ranks? Thanks I'll hang up and listen.
1: Uh, both? Um uh, I think <laughs>
0: Same. Well, Yeah, I mean we, is both is uh is both also on the table yes. caller? I mean
1: both is an option. Both is definitely an option. First of all get Cole Strange back out there. Get Mike Onwenu back out there. Then figure out what Riley Reef is. What uh City So yeah. is like which one of these guys is the next best in line to become the five at right tackle? Is Riley Reef going to make this roster? Um, it wouldn't stun me if he didn't. Um, but I said that all along. Like I was never really he, he's a journeyman that bad teams have moved on from very quickly in recent years. I Yeah, I, it's
0: like the Bengals two years ago were like, We're all set, thanks. Then the Bears get him last Bears. year and they're like, Yeah, we're all set, bro.
1: Yeah. So teams with questionable lines moving on from an Ugh. aging guy who said he came here to win a ring, even though they're not very close to winning a ring. Like it's a it would not stun me if Riley Reef were among the cuts. No. And that's where I would say Go with the young guys. You've drafted guys over the last two years. You know, maybe Stuber still has upside. Forget about what happened last night. Maybe Stuber still has upside. Maybe City So is going to be a, well, if you ever get him the reps, he could, he could get better quickly. Like, there could be a big jump for him. Mm-hmm. So I actually prefer that. I, I think that's a dangerous game to play, but I think I would go with the younger in-house more, candidates. Uh, yeah,
0: way more upside on that one as well, Andy. Like, uh, the, well, Like the Jason lo- Peter. You brought it up the other day. Jason Peter, you want him? Uh, if if the line looks as bad in game number three against Tennessee, and I understand Tennessee has a formidable defensive line. so He's another 41. Test? It doesn't matter. You know what? Whitworth was 40 when he won a Super Bowl for the Rams, and he played at an extremely high level before he joined the worst pregame show in all of streaming football on the, on the Amazon package. Uh, I'm
1: with you, Brian. He's too old. He's too, like, nope. Let's just go with the young guys. Let's okay. throw it at the wall, and one of these right. young guys, two of these young guys need to step up.
0: So you guys want to you guys want to go the youngin route? Then I'll ask you this, Andy. When Mike OweNu returns, even though Belichick has told us time and again,
1: yep. he's a guard. We want to play him again. Yep.
0: Would you kick him out to right tackle? Because
1: yep. I think I would. Absolutely would. But I would have last year. Matt Light told it Matt Light told us earlier this week on the Six Rings podcast that he would. Everybody would except the person who matters, <laughs> and right. that's Bill Belichick. Pro Football Focus would. I would. You would. Light would. We all would. But. We're not Bill Belichick. He makes the decisions, and he has been sort of uh, du- digging his heels into the idea that Mike Unwin is a guard for them. So until he proves that he has changed his mind, um, maybe that's not an option. Okay, next on the list, we know the mm-hmm. offensive line's a problem. Tyquan Thornton, uh, you're inactive. Uh, you're continuing to spin your wheels, as I wrote. It just seems like with him, it's one step forward, two steps back over the last Mm -hmm. year plus. Like, oh, pretty good early camp. Oh, he's injured. Then he gets back on the field, shows nothing. Oh, remember that day? Was it the first day of mini camp where he was awesome and then he had a soft tissue injury and missed the rest of the practice time? Like, he just can't get out of his own way. He doesn't show. We haven't really seen a lot of down the field plays, although ironically, I don't know if that's ironic used right, whatever, in Green Bay, he makes a play down the field and has to go to the sideline and be seen by trainers, and then he's inactive for the game. And then, meanwhile, he's inactive. Kayshawn Booty, DeMario Douglas, even Malik Cunningham, they're getting their reps, they're taking advantage, they're making plays. Booty with the big 42-yard touchdown. So, Tyquan Thornton, you asked it earlier. Oh, are the Patriots going to keep six receivers, or is Tyquan Thornton going to start the year on a list again? Wouldn't stun me if he's on IR He's definitely going down a road you don't want to go down as a receiver in New England, and that's just falling in line with most of the other drafted receivers in that you don't have a very productive career. So Tyquan Thornton uh, continues to be a disappointment. And then Mm -hmm. the biggest down of the night, I thought. (laughs) My guy Sam Roberts. I don't know what the bleep he was doing. Um So he chasing down Jordan Love, who slides and Sam Roberts is like, well, I know there's a rule that says I can't hit him, but you know what? I ran a long way. I'm going to get something for my efforts. Dives on him, then kind of shoves him in the face afterwards, gets a 15 yard penalty that leads to a scuffle. I actually thought he made contact with a referee in there. He's better got to be really careful that he doesn't get a check from the NFL for doing something to a ref. Later on, he gets illegal hands the to old the FedEx. Face. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was hot and bothered, and for a guy that's on the back end of the defensive line, back end of the roster, that's not. I know you're trying. You said it earlier. Guys are like trying to make a name for themselves and trying to show their energy and their effort and their attitude. Well. You crossed a line into stupidity there. Um, you had to be held back by teammates. And then I believe he went to the sideline and Jack Jones had to, like, slap him on the butt and talk to him. If you're getting advice from Jack Jones on the sideline, you on might want to reassess. behavior, and discipline, then you may <laughs> right. want to reconsider things. You no might kidding. want to like, reassess what you're doing and how you're handling your business. So, Sam Roberts, it's one game. I like you. I like your build. I like all the things you bring. Let's just... Flush this one down the uh, Lambeau Field toilet and move on from it. But, boy, did you do some dumb stuff on a football field.
0: Couldn't agree more, my friend. Could not agree more. All right, there's your ups and downs from last night's game.